We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Jacobs. Unfortunately, TJ Inman uh, cannot join us today, and he'll be replaced by Matt Weaver of Peaks.com, who was kind enough to join us at, at last minute in co-hosting duties. Uh, TJ has a sick child, and we wish him the best of luck tonight uh, doing that. He did send us our prediction, so we get to when we get to predictions – uh, we'll uh, we'll give TJ's, but uh, before we get into the show, we have a word from our friends over at MyBookie. Attention, past, present, and future MyBookie players. For this week only, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game, which is on Thanksgiving. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. If you got extra ho- you got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. My bookie will give you all your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Uh, do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join now, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first depo- deposit with promo code CHAIR, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. That actually sounds like a terrific deal, uh, but right now we are talking to Matt Weaver from Peaks. Matt, how are you? I'm sorry, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me, Matt? Yeah, I'm sorry. I missed. I missed. I missed what you said. It was kind of breaking up. Uh, I just wanted to welcome you to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for jumping in for for uh, for TJ who's dealing with a sick kid. Uh, we're going to talk about Indiana's uh, game against Purdue coming up, a little bit about the Michigan game as well. But I wanted to talk to you. Indiana did get a commit this morning. Uh, 
how is recruiting going for IU? Well, it's going pretty well. I mean, during the season, it kind of slows down. I mean, obviously, they're, they're recruiting every day, and, and um, on their bye week or bye weeks, as it was this year, uh, they're out, you know, uh, seeing guys. But, you know, there's not a it's more unofficial visits during the season, not a ton of officials. I mean, the, the big the big recruiting weekends for Indiana before the uh, the early signing date, which is uh, I think December eighteenth um, to the twentieth. The big recruiting dates will be uh, December sixth and then December thirteenth. The first two weekends there in in the month of December, and that's when they'll bring uh, a bunch of guys in on both weekends, and and you know obviously try to hopefully wrap up this class, but. It may you may have to carry it over into February and, and maybe grab another guy or two and obviously if there's any attrition after the bowl game because the bowl game um, would be after signing day if there's any attrition and you you need to fill those spots you would do that obviously in the second signing period which you know used to be the one signing period for college football so it's going pretty good they picked up Vinny uh, I think it's Sierra from um, he's from Maslin Ohio Perry High School um, six four three hundred pound guard. Um, you know, kind of, uh, I've heard him described as a West Martin, Simon, uh, Stepanek, Stepanek uh, type of O-lineman, you know, uh, uh, tough guy, physical, uh, will be a guard or center for the Hoosiers and plays on a really good program over there in, in um, Eastern Ohio, kind of Northeastern Ohio. So, um, you know, nice get for the Hoosiers and, and it's obviously at a, at a position of need in this recruiting class. Yeah. I was reading up on him, uh, earlier today, down in Bloomington, and it sounds like he has that nasty streak that you need in an offensive lineman. He's better at run blocking, working in that wing T offense they run over at Perry. And, you know, maybe he red shirts next year. And it sounds like he'll be in for spring, uh, which will help him develop uh, pass blocking and, and get used to this Indiana offense. Anything else that we need to be aware of on, on the recruiting side uh, for Indiana? Yeah, I mean, Demarjay Lewis, uh, defensive tackle from um, out of Griffin, Georgia, was in this past weekend on an official visit. He came in Saturday because he had a game. He had a game on Friday, and uh, so it was a little bit of abbreviated official visit, but still came in Saturday. Went home uh, Sunday afternoon and had a great visit. Um, he's going to actually make his announcement on on Thursday on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, and I and I think Indiana's in the driver's seat. I mean, you hate to, you know, kind of, I guess, couch the chickens before they're hatched, but I'll be surprised. I will be surprised if it's not Indiana. I think it's going to be them, and he would be a heck of a kid. He was originally committed to Auburn and opened it back up, and has got a bunch of offers, a bunch of SEC schools, and um, would be a really good interior defensive lineman for IU. Could play uh, the three-tech, probably could play the nose tackle, an athletic guy. You know, brings in maybe an element, a pass rushing element that it, that they don't really have on the inside of their on the interior of their D line right now. So, would be a heck of a get. Kind of a you know, you probably describe him as an SEC defensive lineman, and obviously, you know, those guys are are usually pretty good. Yeah, definitely, that would be a huge get, and it's something that exposed itself on Saturday against Michigan. Let's take a quick look back at Indiana's game against Michigan. It was a 39-14 loss. I thought IU started out really well. They, they took the, the opening drive down for a touchdown. Uh, defensively, they they forced Michigan into a third down, and, and it seemed all day Michigan – they were only 5 for 12 on third down, surprisingly. But it seemed all day that they came up with that big play when Indiana had them pinned back uh, to take it down the field and score. 
Uh, Indiana would take a 14-7 lead in the second quarter after a and, – and then it kind of went downhill from there. I thought the game kind of changed when Peyton Ramsey got got smoked on an interception uh, with the shot to the ribs. I, I thought his, his throw, uh, throws were a little bit off and he was hurting. And, and that's not to knock um, Ramsey. You just could tell – Maybe he was still feeling the effects from the, the hit he took against Nebraska. But you could definitely tell he, he was hurting and it affected his throws a little bit. Did you feel the same way? Yeah, I thought so. I mean, I, you know, the offense was, was really clicking. And, and, you know, they came out, you know, played, went down the field and scored and, and you know, uh, had a nice first quarter. And I think obviously some of it was also Michigan did some different things. Their D-line, you know, caused some problems for Indiana. But I, I don't think it, there was definitely – uh, a change in in the effectiveness of the passing game after Ramsey got hurt. I mean, you could just it just seemed like he was, you know, he was you know he would admit it and give the kid a ton of credit because he is just, you know, he's as tough as they come. But I don't I don't think he was I don't think he was fully healthy. I think that's pretty obvious, and I think it has affected his ability to do some things, and and then you know therefore affected Indiana's ability to uh, to uh, you know be productive on offense. Yeah, I thought offensively, you know, the game kind of changed after that interception. Tom Allen today alluded to that it was that holding call on, I think it was a fourth and two, that it looked like Indiana had it picked up, but there was a hold on Matthew Bedford. They had to call it back and ended up punting. At the very least, that game there is probably 24-17, if not 24-21. Instead, two plays later, Michigan is in the end zone uh, with a 32-14 lead, and it kind of you know sucked the air out of the stadium. Uh, Allen came under a, some criticism by local indie media today, uh, you know, saying he was too aggressive but not aggressive enough, and, and just wanted to get out of there. Indiana was banged up. They they lost Ty Freifogel for for a period of time. They lost you know Peyton Ramsey had to be taken off the field by trainers. He came back in of course uh and then you had stevie scott was was out for one period of time and then missed the rest of the game after getting injured later in the game and then matthew bedford had to get carted off it's alan said that you know wop's going to be back this week uh and and that nothing long term with stevie scott and, and matthew bedford uh is the worry but did Allen was Allen too conservative there and Kalen DeBoer uh, too conservative there in the fourth quarter or was this hey we're not going to score um, 25 points against Michigan in, in the last 10 minutes let's get out of here and I think Kalen DeBoer said don't let Michigan beat you twice uh, this week at, at the press conference and just get out of there while, while you still have your your health for the most part. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it, um, and I like to going forward on the fourth down, and and if not for the holding call, like you said, they would have got it. And then in the fourth quarter, you know, um, you know, let's be honest, you, you put up fourteen and a little more than three quarters uh, on on Michigan's defense. I mean, you're not going to drop twenty five on them in the last you know ten or twelve minutes or whatever um, to get back in that game. So. Um, you know, like you said, you had two starters on offense down. You're already, you know, you're already down a couple starters. I mean, Peyton Ramsey kind of started with Penix. Obviously, he's been out. And, uh, Michael Penix, the quarterback, and then Wap was out. And Fry Fogel got banged up a little bit. I mean, I, I'm all for it. I mean, you still got you still got games to play. And, and you know, trying to push the issue and trying to be heroic 
in a game where the outcome was pretty much uh, not, you know, already decided didn't make sense. So I, I think the criticism there is really off base and, 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 you know, pretty silly in my opinion. And then defensively, uh, to me, look, Indiana looked bad on defense, but it, what people are, are kind of missing missing here is that, you know, Michigan's wide receivers are pretty good. Shea Patterson's a former five-star quarterback. Uh, this was a very talented Michigan offense, and, and over the last few years they didn't perform up to their their level, and, and that's kind of why, you know, they, you had the Jim Harbaugh's in trouble kind of stuff, and, and now they're finally clicking and living up to their their ability. Was this a case – I thought it was – Indiana misplayed some plays, but there are some – throws that Shea Patterson made and receivers just went up and got it. And, and as good as Taiwan Mullen has played all year, it, it's really tough being a five ten corner going up against a six four wide receiver when the quarterback's putting putting the ball in a place where only his guy could get it. I what was it a mix of IU just being overmatched personnel wise and kind of them not not playing up to their ability as to, to why Michigan, you know, threw for 366 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, obviously, yeah, you had, they, they, the game plan on defense was to take chances, to send extra guys to get pressure because you know Indiana has just struggled, you know, to get to get consistent pressure with just their front four guys. And when you do that, you're going to put guys on an island. And against you know Donovan Peoples Jones and Nico uh, Collins and, and the guys they've got. That's that's a tough that's a tall task for anybody. I don't care if it's Indiana's DBs or Alabama's DBs or Ohio State's DBs. That's a lot to ask. I mean, those are legit next level guys, um, and you know to put them in a one on one matchup. And then you know if you don't get home on the blitz or you don't force Patterson, Shea Patterson, get rid of the ball a little bit sooner than he wants to, or you don't move him off the spot or anything like that, he can kind of stand back there, which he was able to do. You know, it, no, it's just it's it's just too hard. And I didn't have a problem with the game plan because I think you, that's what you had to do if you're Indiana until, and they're working on it, but until you can get one or two of those, you know, D linemen, and like I talked about earlier with DeMar J. Lewis, maybe he's one of those guys that a team has to scheme for and one-on-one he can make, you know, I think uh, Walmack said it, Coach Walmack, Ken Walmack said it today, it's not just the one-on-one matchups on the back end, it's the one-on-one matchups on, on the you know, a D line against O line or whoever it may be, your guy blitzing and against their blocker who picks them up you know, that, that can be the difference there too. And so, you know, I had no problem with the, with the game plan. I would rather, I'd rather be aggressive like that to sit back in the zone and watch them, you know, um, you know, just methodically pick you apart and you really don't have a chance. So I, I, I like the game plan. It just, you know, their guys were better and I'm sure there was technique and scheme things, but those are, those are really good players that Michigan has. And whatever happened at halftime of that Penn State game, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh and that staff should bottle it, try to sell it, because whatever they've done, this is a totally different Michigan team since that point. Yeah, it definitely has been. I think it was they had played their 14 best quarters of football before the IU game under Jim Harbaugh, and you could extend that up to, to 18 quarters now. And, yeah, I thought they, they might sleepwalk through this with Ohio State coming up next, and, and I, I was wrong. It, never on paper was it. Uh, Michigan's not good and Indiana's just better than them. It was, you know, they're probably, I thought they would sleepwalk through this one. The weather would be a factor and and things like that. So let's move on to the bucket game 
uh, Matt, it's on Saturday at noon, and uh, it's on ESPN2 uh, up at Ross-Aid Stadium. So Purdue is 4-7. Uh, they have battled their own injury uh, injury concerns. They, they lost Elijah Sindelar and Rondell Moore on the same play against Minnesota. Um, they lost uh, Jack Plummer uh, with an ankle injury against, I, I believe, Nebraska. They're sitting at four and seven. Uh, they're not going to bowl. This is, as we've talked before, is, is their bowl game. Uh, you could expect Jeff Brown to throw the kitchen sink at them. Uh, just what what does Purdue do well enough to, to put some kind of worry into Indiana? Well, they they do have one of the better one of the best passing attacks in the Big Ten, even though they're down to a third string quarterback and without, you know, arguably at least you know arguably the top receiver at least last year in the Big Ten or one of the top in Rondell Moore. They've still been able to throw the ball all over the place on teams, and I would expect that's what they're going to try to do this week. And um, you know, they struggled to run the ball defensively. They've had their struggles. Um, you know, so I you know I you know I think they're going to try to try to you know I would guess you try to come out uh, fast. Um, get some scores, get get in, get on, get up on Indiana, and then and then try to dictate the flow of the game from there. So, um, you know, uh, obviously the, O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell is a uh, you know third string walk on, but he's he's uh, actually performed pretty well. Um, they still have some talent. David Bell's been terrific as a true freshman. I mean, as good as I thought he was going to be, he's even better than that. Um, you know, uh, so you know defensively, the way Indiana has. You know, struggled last week. I mean, if I'm Purdue, I'm probably having some confidence going into this game that we can throw the ball. Now, you know, I don't think they have as good as some of their skill guys are. I don't think they have, you know, Michigan's uh, skill guys yet. And then obviously O'Connell's not Shea Patterson, but their O line is not Michigan's O line. But you know, they they they'll probably be able to have some success through the air. The the, the key for Indiana, in my opinion, is limiting the big plays, make them have to grind it out. You know, because I think if you do that you get a chance to uh, to stop them, get them off the field. Um, and then offensively, you know, uh, whether Stevie Scott plays or not, try to try to get the run game going a little bit with whoever's back there. And Watt being back, Watt Fillier being back at receiver is huge. Um, he's such a big part of the offense. So, you know, it's going to be a tough game. Many Purdue games are always, are always, you know, for the most part, I should say always, because there's been some blowouts both ways. But, you know, I've seen it where one team's been bad and the other team's been a bowl team and vice versa, and, and they go down to the wire. It's such a, a game full of emotion that you can kind of throw the records and all the stats and all that out the window. I think Indiana's clearly a better team, but, you know, um, they're going to have to go up there and play to to, uh, to get the win. Yeah, it's a, I think the first time since 2015 where a bowl berth isn't on the line, and it's kind of weird uh, to me. You know, David Bell's having having a great year. 77 catches, 899 yards, and six touchdowns. Uh, he's been outstanding. He's probably going to win freshman of the year in the Big Ten. I, I believe it probably should come down to him and Matthew Bedford. Uh, Bryson Hopkins has been tremendous his entire career up at Purdue. He's tight end. He has 53 catches for 688 yards and five scores. He's come on lately. I believe he had 126 yards against Wisconsin uh, last week. He, I put him as my All-American tight end. Uh, working with a, a third-string quarterback in that offense, he's putting up numbers. He's done it his entire career and has just earned it. Uh, and the, Milton Wright is a, another freshman. It's you know, 
Purdue's future on offense is very, very bright. Now their their run game is absolutely atrocious. Uh, Xander, you know King uh, King Doru is their leading uh, rusher at 429 yards, at under three and a half yards per carry. Xander Horvath um, is after that, and then those are the two main running backs. Your leading, your third leading rusher is Jack Plummer, and fourth leading rusher is Jackson Anthrop. So, you know, this is, you know, kind of like those old IU teams where, where they couldn't run the ball and they just aired it out 60 times. Uh, that's what Purdue has been on defense. Uh, it, it's going to come down to can you can you block George Karloftis? And not a lot of people have been able to do that this year. He has 15.5 tackles for loss, 6.5 sacks as a, as a true freshman. He's another guy you could throw into that conversation as, as freshman of the year. Uh, but it, it's – it's how is Purdue feeling after going to two straight bowls um, and then being eliminated for bowl contention? You know, did they bottle it up and say, "Hey, this is this is our bowl game"? Are are we and throw the kitchen sink at IU, or uh, is it let's feel sorry for ourselves, lick our wounds, and go? I don't think Rondell Moore is going to play. I know Kane Womack uh, said he's going to prep like he's going to play, uh, and it just doesn't make sense for him to play. Uh, you know, it, it would be his fifth game. I don't think – I think Rondale Moore is going pro anyway after after next year. But to, to run the risk of him getting injured late in this year and put in jeopardy next year, uh, it's just not really worth it for Purdue. Um, Matt, what are your – what is one key uh, that you're looking for for IU – for them to win on Saturday? Well, um, you know, I think, I think, you know, being able to, and I think to me, this is always, I kind of, this is always a key and it's probably kind of a, you know, maybe a little bit of a lazy key, but I think being able to run the ball well enough to keep the defense honest. I mean, you mentioned George Koloftis, who's a terrific player. He's a 15 and a half tackle for loss, which, when I saw that stat today, I was actually – I was like, I knew he had a good season, but that was really kind of eye-opening. He's been terrific. Um, but I think, you know, I, I think that's that's going to be kind of a key. You know, I mean, uh, Peyton Ramsey seems like he's fine, but let's be honest, the guy's taken some real licks here in the last few games. And unless you have to put on his shoulders, you know, where he doesn't – you have to ask him to go out and throw for 350, 370 yards like they've had to a few times to win games, I think the better – um, it sounds like weather could be an issue. I know the forecast thing is calling for some, some possible rain or thunderstorms. So if that's the case, I think it's even more important that you can, you're can you able to move the ball a little bit on the ground. Um, you know, so I, to me, that's a key. And then defensively, you know, like I said, I think it's just making them <clears> – <throat> make them drive the field. Don't give up cheapies. They're going to they're gonna run trick plays. We saw they did it at Wisconsin two years ago up there. They ran the fake punt against IU. I mean, this is – like you said, this is kind of their bowl game. They're not going to one. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the mentality and the, and the body language of their team is. Now, they're playing a lot of young guys, and if this was more of a veteran team, um, I think you'd be, I think you'd, 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 you'd maybe be more worried about them really being locked in because, you know, if it was a junior, senior, a lot of, you know, older guys, because they would kind of understand what this is. I think with a young team, if I was a Purdue staff, I might be a little concerned that maybe the young players are going to mail it in because for, for them, the bucket does not mean a lot. I mean, we heard it today from guys who are from out of state who, who taught Khalil Bryant and Nick Westbrook and those guys, when they first got there, they said they didn't understand what it meant. And I would have guessed that a lot of these freshmen 
um, who are not from Indiana don't understand what this game means and how important it is because it's their first one. It's so new to them. And, you know, for them, there's no, there's no payoff after this week, win or lose their season's over. Um, you know, so how, how locked in will they be? You know, that's why for me, for Indiana, come out, get off, start fast, really kind of punch them in the mouth and see how they respond. Because, you know, this is a team that obviously they're kind of, you know, this is this is it. They're playing out the season, and, and we'll see if uh, see how motivated they are. Indiana's got another game no matter what, but you don't want to go into the into the bowl prep with three straight losses. So, and then special teams, special teams are always a big. I know, I know, Sammy, that's something that you always focused on, and for good reason. It's something that you know the hidden yards and all that kind of stuff that comes into play that a lot of people don't pay attention to. But at the end of the day, it really does make a difference in win, winning and losing in college football. Uh, yeah, those hidden yards are, are always key. Uh, for me, what I'm looking for, is just like you, can Indiana start fast? It, it's a you know a young Purdue team who, if Indiana gets out to a big lead, are they going to pack it in and uh, and just go into the off season? Uh, I think having Wap failure, like you said, is huge. It opens up the entire offense. It allows. You know, Nick Westbrook and Donovan Hale, who they need to get open. You know, they're too good of a pass catchers to just not not be a factor in games. And I think that's where, you know, teams have to game plan for WAP. And, and you know, then it leaves uh, Hale and, and Westbrook a little bit uh, wide open. You have Peyton Hendershot, who's had a really, really good season. I think getting him in space – uh, will help too. Now, who knows how how good or how legit these uh, tackle numbers are? But linebacker Ben Holt, who's the son of defensive coordinator Nick Holt at Purdue, has 104 tackles on the year. The next leading tackler is 53. So, statisticians can say whatever they want on tackles. Uh, you just really rarely see that many tackles. Uh, difference and all that stuff but you know Holt is a a terrific player but can he guard Peyton Hendershot and this Indiana passing attack Uh, the the running game I don't think you have to run for 200 yards it's uh, uh, the Indiana offense hasn't done that all year it's can you control the ground game can you control can you get those you know, four yards on first down and, and pick up those third and shorts and fourth and shorts uh, that they've been pretty good at all year. And then finally, you know, it's got to be a mental key. You, you, Indiana's come off of uh, two losses to two really good teams. Can you put that aside, go into the, you know, Ross 8 has, has typically been a house of horrors for Indiana outside of 2015 and 2010. Uh, in recent history, can you get out to a big lead, silence that crowd, which should be, you know, if you look at their ticket sales, it looks like it'll be a pretty, uh, a pretty good crowd. Can you can you handle that? Can you just put them out of their misery early, uh, like you said? And then defensively, you got to make tackles and, and make plays on the ball. You can't let guys go 76 yards for touchdowns. Uh, if David Bell and, and Bryson Hopkins make plays, uh, it, that's so be it. It's going to happen. They're two very good players. They're going to make some plays. But, yeah, it's stopping their run game. They haven't run the ball all year. You can't let them be two-dimensional. Uh, that's what happened in 2017 
uh, when Purdue it, it was uh, Markel Jones had like 400 yards on the season and ran for 208 yards against IU in that game. Those are the things yeah. that can't happen if Indiana wants to uh, win this game. They they got to come in. You, you've got a veteran. Uh, you've got a lot of veterans on this team who have been here, who have had the bucket, who have lost the bucket, and they know how to handle themselves. And, and hopefully they come out with a little bit more uh, of a sense of urgency than they did in 2017 because that, that game got out of hand really early. There were mistakes made that took points off the board for IU. And, and Purdue just had a you know a field day the rest of the rest of the afternoon. Now you came back and tried to come back and made it a seven point game, but Purdue w- was basically in cruise control the entire day uh, for that. Matt, do you have a prediction for uh, for Saturday? Yeah, I, I you know um, I I think like I said I think it's going to be a tough game. I think I think you know. Purdue's going to do everything they can. It's going to be – they're going to throw the kitchen sink, and, and you'll probably see trick plays on offense and maybe some fakes on, you know, a punt or a field goal. I mean, who knows, maybe they'll even onside kick if they're when they kick off. But you know, I think at the end of the day, I think at the end of the day, Indiana's the better team. I think we talked about it a little bit after the game on Saturday. I think I think that Michigan game was, might actually be a little bit of – as disappointing as it was, a little bit of a blessing in disguise because, you know, um, I think it will kind of wake these guys up a little bit. I mean, not that they need to be woken up, but I mean, I think that kind of humble pie will get them more focused for this game than they would have already been. So, you know, uh, I like I like Indiana to win, and you know, you know whether it might play a point, part in, in the points, but I'll go, I'll go, uh, I'll go thirty-one twenty Indiana. All right, and we had TJ who couldn't be on the show. He sent me in his prediction. He said, "Take the over." Uh, but he takes IU uh, 38-21. Uh, I, I assume that means he, he thinks Brahms offense could put up 31 points in, in whatever fashion uh, that they do. Uh, Matt, I, I'm going to be honest. This game makes me really nervous. Uh, Indiana had control of the bucket. They've lost control of the bucket. It, it You know, the last couple years, it seems that Purdue has wanted it a little bit more uh, than IU when they had, you had David Blau. Um, now with the young team, you know, you got to see how much, as you say, how much they want it. Uh, I, I'm going to take Indiana to win it. Uh, I, I don't know if they'll be that high scoring if the weather is bad, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to take IU, IU to win this game. I'm going to go uh, 34, uh, 24 IU and uh, lots of take the over on the trick plays too. Uh, I, I expect <laughs> every, I, if they can find a way to have an offensive lineman throw a pass, um, they're going to do it. <laughs> and if they add in a cartwheel like Miami uh, or Ohio University did, that's what I'm expecting. If I'm Kane Womack, I just, you follow the ball wherever it goes. Don't let it out of your sight. It could be, you know, you have the old annexation of Puerto Rico play uh, from Little Giants or the oop-de-oop from – uh, from varsity blues uh it, it's gonna be a game where everything's on the table uh for purdue offensively so i, I i'm gonna take i u thirty four twenty four I really hope that there's no thunderstorms because I really don't want to sit uh and get delayed and and that's another factor that could go into this can if they start the game and there's a lightning delay 
how do teams respond and, and things like that, especially, you know, warming up and getting back into rhythm and, and things like that. So, uh, Matt, thanks for jumping on uh, last minute with us. I, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, you, you bring awesome stuff with recruiting. Any, any final thoughts on the bucket game? No, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it is, you know, it's uh, the last two years have been disappointing, especially after IU kind of dominated there for a while. But, um, you know, I, uh, I think I think this is a team, Indiana team, that they, they've cleared some hurdles that they haven't cleared before. And, I mean, people say what they want about Nebraska, but winning that game on the road in Nebraska was huge because of the environment they had to play in. And, um, you know, I think they've done some things that, that obviously haven't been done in Indiana in a while. And, and I think this team is, is, is you know, uh, just kind of on a mission and, and – I expect them to play well. I mean, there'll be there'll be some plays for Purdue. Purdue will make some plays. Jeff Brom is a terrific offensive mind and a great play caller. Um, but in the end, I think Indiana just got the better team. And and I think you know losing two years in a row is really is really left a sour taste with the coaches and the players. And I think you're going to see them uh, show up on Saturday and perform, you know, with that bad taste in their mouth. Yeah, it, it was kind of a blessing in disguise, as you said, to to kind of get your your backside kicked against uh, against Michigan and it was a little humbling and, and you've seen it with this team a little bit before where they kind of get out a little bit ahead of themselves and that, and how do you handle success uh, Ohio State humbled them Michigan humbled them after everybody was kind of patting them on the back after a close loss at at Penn State where you know they probably should have won that game uh, if not for for Big Ten officials oh Big Ten officials uh, so if I'm a, a special teams coordinator, from now on, if you get tackled, just get up and run to the end zone. I, I cannot leave the show without commenting on that play um, because it was so egregious. And then something happened in the Purdue-Wisconsin game where Wisconsin kickoff coverage guy basically looked like he karate kicked the Purdue returner, and there was no penalty on that. So I, I expect the A-plus like uh, it looked like the kick on the, the Wisconsin guy looked like um, if anybody's ever played soccer, like a slight tackle in soccer, but he did it like in the air. It wasn't a slight tackle. It was like a, a jump tackle, but it was unbelievable that nothing was – I mean, there was no penalty on that, correct? Correct. There was no penalty on that. It was kind of a move at a Mortal Kombat, uh, it, it <laughs> seems like. And, you know, and it, I don't want to point out, but – Wisconsin's playing Minnesota in a de facto Big Ten West title game on on Saturday. Game day is going to be there, so all of that stuff is uh, you know plays into the the conspiracy theorist's hands. But anyway, Matt, have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy uh, your time with your family, and we'll see you up in in West Lafayette on Saturday. Okay, man. Thanks so much for having me. I had a blast doing it. All right. As always, a pleasure talking football with Matt Weaver from Peaks.com. Uh, check out all of his stuff. He is tuned into recruiting uh, as well. Anyway, that does it for this evening's show. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle, as well as read all our things at HoosierHuddle.com. If you are looking for Christmas gifts for your fans, um, for your friends who are Indiana fans, uh, we have a deal with Home Field Apparel. 
Uh, Those are the guys that brought you the nine-win Indiana shirts, as well as the Bison sweatshirt, which I'm currently rocking, and it is super-duper soft and warm. Um, Click on the the ad at the top of our site uh, with the promo code HUDDLE. You get 20% off of your purchase of Indiana gear. Uh, just in time for the holidays and, and enjoy that stuff. So uh, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle, HoosierHuddle.com as well. And we'll be back after the bucket game to break down potential bowl destinations, some recruiting updates, as well as a recap of the, the game on Saturday. I want to wish everybody else a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the time with your family. If you don't enjoy your family, enjoy the football games and food. Uh, that they serve, but hopefully you enjoy your family. Anyway, that does it for this evening's show. We appreciate it. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you in December. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 